player one. Welcome to the Gaming History Club. My name is Gabby. Hello, and I'm JP, and it's time to wrap up 2023. So let's find out what happened together with our special guest, Brothers. Brothers, say hello. Me, hello, I'm here. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're going to wrap up the podcast then. Yeah, I, no. I thought, oh, we're at the end already? Okay. We are only just getting started, so let's find out what happened in 2023. It's a little bit different today. We have a special guest, brothers. Hello, welcome to the Gaming History Club. Excited to be here. Yeah. So this is time for us to wrap up a little bit of what's been going on in 2023. How should we start, JP? How should we start? Let's smoothly talk about what our favorite games were for this year. Um, let's let's uh, do guests first. Brad, what was your favorite game this year? What What got your gaming uh what got your gamer tickle on this year (laughs) (laughs) great introduction um i think it's probably cyberpunk's phantom liberty update even though that's not a full game it's kind of a cheat but i never played the game last year and then i started playing it when the dlc came out this year and it's amazing I feel what like a game. That's not actually a cheat because together with Phantom Liberty, obviously they had such a big upgrade. Tons of updates, all yes. the skills and everything got changed. Yeah, really loved it. Update 2.0 was like significant. It, it made it huge. it yeah. made it into like a real, real, real game now, didn't it? They yes. officially yeah. made up for all transgressions of the past. We forgive them. We okay we forgive now. them. Hundred percent. I, yeah. I forgave them very quickly anyway. I forgave them at like update 1.5 or 1.6. Like that's, <laughs> I think that's when it became playable anyway. Like I think like three, four months after it came out, I already started playing. It was okay. There was still some glitches, but I don't think it's a cheat at all. Especially the content as well. Like Idris Elba's in it now. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about it that way. Yeah, it's... You have Keanu Reeves and you have Idris Elba in one game. What can go wrong? What was your favorite part of Phantom Liberty then? What did it add to Cyberpunk that made it well, so, so good? So, because I'd barely played it last year when it came out, and then knowing and looking at pictures and stuff of where Dogtown was, because it was obviously just not in the map. Yeah. It's a huge area that they've added in. It's massive. What was your favorite game for this year, Gabby? See, this is quite a tough one for me. I'm disappointed. My favorite game didn't really make it to the Game Awards earlier this December. So my favorite game was actually something that came out really early in the year, which is Hogwarts Legacy, because I love Harry Potter and I think you know I love Harry Potter. And yeah, it's just really heartbreaking for me that I didn't even make it to the Game Awards. And I think yeah. that's probably the problem with having games from so early in the year. Because that people it, forgot. You forget about them, new stuff's been out, people end up talking about Alan Wake and stuff. It just leaves your headspace i think yeah but i'm happy about alan wake though (laughs) i'm I'm so happy about alan wake actually winning a few um awards in the game awards because i do love alan wake i think that's alan wake 2 was such a good game good concept very fun you got the mystery you got the detective part and yeah it's such a great game to play really i think my favorite was also hogwarts legacy 
obviously it's better if you're actually a fan of Harry Potter. Yes. But I think even objectively, it's a great game. There's great puzzles in it. The combat system is quite unique. Yes. I, I don't think it does anything quite like it, similar, but not quite like that. And just the storytelling and plot in general, just the the atmosphere. Like again, it's better if you like Harry Potter. But yeah. if you've never seen Harry Potter, how how can you not be like enchanted by Hogwarts Castle? I think in the first playthrough, I remember that we spent about seventy eight hours or something to actually finish the first time the the whole game from start to finish, which was really fun. It was. The best 78 hours, basically, that we had this year, probably. What are you up to now? What you up to now? (laughs) I was like our favorites of the year. But other than those favorites, obviously, there are so many things that's been happening in the gaming world. JP, you want to shout out some of the interesting bit that's been going on in 2023? Yeah, let's take a look in chronological order because that's the only true order to do things, right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, come on. Sure. We could also do it alphabetically depending on what the first, you know, like letter is according to my notes here. No? Okay, let's start with January. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, JP. Yes. Let's take a look here. Right, so in January, um, obviously loads of, let me just start off by saying loads of things have happened, but we just decided, well, let's, let's just take a few that we here at Gaming History Club really like, okay? So, um, or dislike. <laughs> <laughs> let me start off by one that we really disliked, okay? So the year started off in January as it's the first month of the year. Correct. As a matter of fact. Well done. And we have some great news because Google Stadia closed down and all hardware and software purchases were refunded. And let me tell you, I do not like cloud streaming games at all. So I'm very happy that that happened. <laughs> what went wrong? I thought Stadia was doing really well and everyone bought it. It, no? was, it was going strong for three years and one month yeah, they just didn't see the success that they wanted to, which is typical for Google. They have so much money. They'll just throw things at the wall and see what sticks, right? And I'm glad Google Stadia was one of the things that didn't stick because I do not want to go into a future where we need to have online all the time to play games. And then the, the game is also processed somewhere else. So it's, it's all about how hot is your internet connection? And yeah. the other thing, obviously, is that like it's digital-only purchases or, or renting. That's why these guys got refunded, because they don't have a physical copy of their game. And it's just not a future that I want, to be quite honest with you. Always online, and I do not own a physical copy of my game. Get rid of that stuff, no. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, because you have GeForce now as well, which is a similar thing that's also online, basically renting games for a bit. And that's still still going pretty strong, from what I understand. Yeah, I guess it depends what games do you have as well, right, in the system. So Google Stadia, I feel like, I feel bad a little bit for people who are buying it secondhand, though. Yeah. Because they wouldn't get refunded, but whoever bought it first time would have actually got some money because selling it and then also get refund from Google. Good on you, though, if you're one of them. If you managed it, yeah. Yeah. I never knew anyone who actually had one of these things. Then again, I don't know many people. I think that's probably why it's closed. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one bought it. <laughs> I did hear one positive thing about Google Stadia. Apparently the, the pad was was pretty decent from what okay. I heard. It was nice. a pretty decent pad. Okay. Was it as good as the PlayStation 5 pad is? Because that's a good pad. <laughs> that's a very good pad. So in February, Super Nintendo World opened to the public in Universal Studios, Hollywood, California. And not seen anything about it, but I remember when the 
the one in Japan opened. I think that was 2021. You have all of the question mark boxes as well, like all around the Super Nintendo world, like in Mario, basically. And you can unlock like some secret stuff in the you know what That's I am cool. so down to like go to Japan to visit um Super Nintendo World or should we just go to California actually? No, I wanna go to Japan. I don't oh. care if I don't understand anything. <laughs> I feel like it's closer to the root. The the Japanese have a very unique way of doing these things and I wanna I want to witness that, like that. That's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. So what happened in March, JP? Well, sticking to Nintendo then. Uh, so Nintendo closed their eShop for Nintendo 3DS and their Wii U. So you can't make any new purchases anymore for those systems. And in September, they further announced that the online services for both platforms will also cease in April 2024. So no online multiplayer anymore either for those consoles uh yeah so i guess this takes us a little bit on the topic of yeah what happens when you buy a game online say you got a 3ds and you bought ocarina of time or majora's mask they had like 3ds remakes especially for the 3ds right i believe so yeah let's say you bought that digitally like what happens to that now yeah i don't know i mean if you own it on the console i don't know if it would stay on there but if all that servers and stuff are down... From what I know, it stays on that. It stays on your console. You can still okay. play it. I think if you were to delete it or you've purchased it, you can re-download it as oh, well. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But you can't make any new purchases. Yeah. But it brings me to the other... So naturally speaking, right, 10 years down the line, when barely anyone has a 3DS anymore and they're like a collector's items and... Highly sought after. Where do you get to play the 3DS remake of Majora's Mask then? Is that oh, just... you know, because you'd have to find one specifically with it already on the console as well. Yeah, if it doesn't get ported to another Nintendo console, like how do we play that remake from yeah. Majora's Mask? Because it's a full-on remake. It, it looks very, very similar. Yeah. But it, it looks like a lot nicer than the N64. Yeah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, finally died. The Wii U, the 3DS... A bit sad. It's a bit sad. Let's see what else happened. E3 cancelled due to a lack of major publisher attendance. And in September, they further announced that there will be no E3 in 2024. But then, of course, just very recently, they announced that there will be no E3 anymore, ever. Forever. It's done. E3's over. I feel a little bit sad. I mean, I'm parted, really. I know that the possibility of me attending to any E3 event is very small anyway. We don't live anywhere near where, wherever the E3 will be held. So to be honest, it's it's lost, but not lost at the same time. I just feel like the opportunity is not in there anymore, though. But there are so many other events that exist. So, Well, yeah. I think this was one of the reasons it got cancelled, yeah? So obviously it was cancelled because of the pandemic Yeah, happened, it got cancelled. And then everyone just started doing their own online. You know, you have like PlayStation Access and Ubisoft have their own. And I think there just weren't enough people going to E3. Was it the pandemic that killed it where everyone realized... That probably started. Yeah, I don't have to leave my house anymore, realistically. Just watch um, it online. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if Facebook Meta is actually such a good opportunity to bring people to that kind of event, actually holding oh, it like hold virtually. Them virtually, yeah. Like that kind of event convention would be that would be pretty, pretty cool. Interesting. Be that yeah. would be really cool idea, actually. Yeah, 
It'd be nice if it wasn't the Apple version and not I the Meta Quest stuff. <laughs> Apple, if you're listening, give us a kickback for this idea. Yeah, Apple, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so looking forward for that. Yeah. Mm. Let's see here. Another sad news. So that was March. Let's uh, skip forward a little bit to August. I mean, there was loads of things that happened this year, um, as, especially uh, a lot of layoffs in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're not going to delve too much into that stuff, but um, let's see what happened in August. So Nintendo announced that Charles Martinet will be stepping back from recording voices for Mario and other characters. He worked for Nintendo since 1991. And in October, his replacement was announced, which is Kevin Afghani. So, yeah, imagine that 30 years being the voice of Mario. And uh, I don't know if you can call it voice acting, strictly speaking. Yeah, he doesn't have many lines of dialogue, really. <laughs> they could have got Chris Pratt in. I thought he was Mario now, no? Well, yeah, That actually. would have been very funny <laughs> if they'd got Chris Pratt to become the new Mario for the games as well. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of work to do, does he, really? Like, you no, could probably... Ima- imagine how much you'd have to pay him. I know. Just to say, wahoo. They'd never make the money back. <laughs> just invite him in for a month and just make him do loads of noises. And oh, that, yeah, they're yeah, sorted yeah. for, like, the next century, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it is still very sad news, in a way, of though. Course, because yeah. Charles Martin has been doing this for so long. Since and before I was born. You, oh, that's true. Well, me too, actually. You as well, I just, of course. I just yeah. not, not before I was born. Yeah, no. JP, <laughs> the old man. The old man. That's him. <laughs> but no, because you're already so familiar with his yeah. voice. And it is so, you know, full of character. And we just know his voice. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where this is going. You don't know what you have until it's gone. And it's one of them things like just Mario's voice. Yeah, because you think about playing you know, Super Mario 64 in your head, there's a very specific noise that Mario makes. And that was Charles Martin. And it's not going to be him anymore. True. So thank you for your work, Charles Martinet, Mr. Mario. The interesting thing is actually Charles Martinet will be kind of the ambassador of Mario now, right? So we're not actually missing him. He will still be doing Mario work. Yeah, that's very true. I did hear a little story about him as well when he applied for this uh role right and uh yeah apparently they they only told him to basically do like a italian plumber voice italian plumber. <laughs> i'm sorry is that <laughs> is that very specific yes <laughs> so he came in with like a you know his first ideas were like quite heavy-handed you might want to say right but okay. he he did know that this was going to be like something more for children right or like okay. shall we say family friendly he he did put on like a bit of like a more cute voice and i think that's yeah what helped him get that role then in the end so good job yeah let's see what else happened in august so as part of its restructuring embracer group shut down its subsidiary volition which are the creators of saints row right and this was mainly because of a multi-billion dollar deal that wasn't going to go ahead and also due to the well, if we're going to be nice about it, mixed reviews of Saints Row. Aww. That's actually quite a downer because Volition, I didn't know this, but Volition actually made The Sense in 1995. And that was the first true 3D FPS there was. Um, so this is the first FPS fully in 3D, uh, fully in 3D. And uh, it had six axes of uh, movement as well. So jump, duck, strafe, and look in all directions, right? 
yeah, quite a milestone game actually, and that that was made by them. I don't think they were called Volition yet. That was before, so they split into two. Basically, Volition was one of them, but I'm getting distracted. They also made Red Faction and Free Space One and Two, also massive games, and also the Punisher, which not a lot of people have played, but I I did, and it was really good actually. Yeah, okay. It's the only Punisher game that's actually worth mentioning, isn't it? Yeah, probably, yeah, to be honest. Uh, it was quite gruesome, you know. You, have you ever seen clips? I've seen very little bits of that game, yeah. Yeah, it was almost Manhunt-esque, if I'm being oh, honest right. with you. Okay. You had to, like, interrogate people. Like, it, it was pretty... It was a pretty brutal game, yeah? Yeah, man. Which, to be fair, you'd hope from a, from a Punisher game. Yeah. No, that's a fair call. Yeah. Precisely, <laughs> yeah. This is the nice thing you have when you don't let Marvel make everything themselves. When you let when you when you're allowed to let someone else have a go at doing your your stuff. You know what I mean? And I think the art style was actually really cool in that Punisher game. So yeah, really excited to see any good Punisher game in the future, to be honest, because it's a good character and it's going to make a good game. So none of us have played Saints Row, and I was never a big fan anyway. I did play number one and two, but I didn't enjoy it too much. I much preferred, so I remember kind of like San Andreas was the other GTA game around back then. Yeah. I think GTA 4 was also kind of coming around at that time or like slightly later. But I just much more preferred GTA in our own GTA. So I never bothered again with Saints Row. I had a similar thing with the third Saints Row. Yeah. I gave it a little try. I'd already played some GTAs and I was like, this is not... I this may is well not play GTA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. GTA not has they they tread that fine line between realism and absurdism and they they do that really well and Saints Row went just too much into a little bit too ridiculous yeah, for me. Yeah, they got like aliens and stuff and yeah, it's a bit wacky. Which which I don't mind. It's it's cool for like the right person just wasn't for me, but like where I'm going with this, I'm wondering like if is it fair that if they make one back game that they have to shut down and they just exist no more? Is that fair? Not really, but I think this is why so many companies are trying to like spread wider and get more IPs and stuff because unfortunately, if you've only really got Saints Row and it isn't great, the entire company ends up going under, which is, you know, you don't want to see. That's a fair call, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Don't you... don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly, it. Yes. Yeah. Let's see here what happened in September. So, Jim Ryan, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, a.k.a. the guys that make PlayStation, if you didn't know, uh, they announced that he will be leaving in 2024, having been the CEO of SIE since 2019, but having worked for PlayStation since a few months before the release of the original PlayStation in 1994. So another 30-year career ends this year. Not just Charles Martinet, also Jim Ryan from Sony is leaving. And uh, yeah. We wish him farewell. Yeah, wish him good luck. In October, we got the... Oh, here we go. We all knew we wanted to... Sorry, we all knew we had to talk about this one, but we're all very disinterested. We don't want to delve too much into this, do we? But the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft was completed in October, following the approval of the UK's regulatory body. See the UK here thinking that they got any say in what happens here to these <laughs> conglomerates, <laughs> as if they're going to stop it they're from happening. To stand in the way. Yeah. <laughs> It was cute of them to try. You shouldn't be listening to the UK for anything. <laughs> so what happened with that? Do you want to expand on? Be because we actually had some news still coming up about this acquisition, by the way. I feel like 
this Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft, it's um, it's basically the same as Brexit. Everyone talks about it so long and so hard where no one's got any steam left to discuss it anymore, including me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> Didn't we just read something about um, how Activision Blizzard was um, yeah. acquired? Okay, yeah, so let me then skip to my last thing that I want to highlight from this year then. So this is this is hot news, fresh off the news. We are Gaming History Club, but right now wow. we, we are the are we, news channel. Sorry, are we breaking <laughs> this news? Have we had like a little tip, tip off about this news? Or... No, we don't. Oh, right, okay. We read it, we read that I was somewhere. like, oh, I'm in a room Come with on. journalists here. No. I thought we'd been breaking big stories. It was it was our main competitor, the Wall Street Journal, that oh, broke the news. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard there's been some beef between you and the Wall Street yeah. Journal. Yeah. <laughs> mm. We're that big, huh? <laughs> yeah, we, we are the puppies of Wall Street. <laughs> so, let's see here. So, California's Civil Rights Department sued Activision Blizzard back in 2021, where they were alleging sexual harassment, discrimination, and pay disparity. And the Wall Street Journal, on the 15th of December, reports that the gaming company will pay roughly $54 million to tell off this boys club that exists at Activision Blizzard. Very good. Getting caught, getting fines. I mean, Fix it's, it. I, I mean, mean, it's a bad thing that happened. Yeah. But it's good they've been <laughs> fined about it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think originally they were gonna they were they were hoping for a lot more than fifty four million dollars. At least it's it's a decent slap it's on the wrist. Something. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know how much of an impact that's gonna have to their bottom line, considering how big of a company they are. But at least the fine has happened. Because I remember when a lot of that was coming out as well and it was all like being reported on, it was crazy. Well, just to swivel back a little bit to the acquisition by Microsoft and without getting too off track here with corporate political questions, but should a big game publisher just eat up another publisher? Like, is that cool? Well, well that's why it took so long, isn't it? Yeah. To, to actually be acquired because people were standing in the way saying, no, you're affecting, you know, fair game and... yeah. Microsoft, and Microsoft are doing some cheeky moves, to be honest. I remember with the Xbox One, they tried to force us to be online always. Forever online, yes, yeah. I remember. There yeah. was that thing where you, the Kinect always had to be plugged in. Yes, to, when to... I first got it as well, that was originally going to be the case. And then it changed not long before it actually released. So they want to make that gamer pass happen on, like, every screen possible. So, like, they are legit trying to, like, reach out to, like, PlayStation and Sony and say, hey, do you want to, like... Do you want our game pass? Yeah, yeah, for for Microsoft. Well, because they, they've been trying as well. Like, I know that Call of Duty, they had to announce specifically that they would keep it on other consoles. Yes. Because I think Microsoft wanted it to just be Xbox exclusive. Starfield had Xbox exclusive DLC. So, uh, the Indiana Jones game I read this morning, that is going to be Xbox exclusive as well. Oh. Well, they want it to be at least, yeah. This is something that I don't really like about the gaming industry, about all of these exclusives, um, yeah. both from PlayStation and Xbox, by the way. I'm not just calling one out, but I think Nintendo actually plays such a big part in this as well. Well, Nintendo have been doing it the whole time. I know, yeah. exactly. But I think, so, I think it's okay if you don't get a developer to like only make games for your console. I think if Nintendo make their own games for Nintendo only, that's okay. Yeah. But if Rockstar, for example, make GTA 3 and they only release it for the PlayStation 2, 
that's I, I think yeah it's the purchasing of a pre-existing company that was yeah. previously given it to everyone and is now restricted yeah i, I think that's why it feels a bit and yeah, then do a, a monopoly on that yeah, yeah that's yeah. true it feels unfairly harsh on a consumer doesn't it because if you're gonna buy a playstation or an xbox it would be nice if you can play all the games apart from the ones like if you got an xbox like you're allowed to play all the games apart from the ones made by sony that is fair yeah i would be fine with that but like and, and they said that like oh yeah but call of duty we will you know also obviously release it for playstation yeah but you know what they can make it worse like they can like not you know put as much resource and focus onto that port for playstation as maybe they should you know what i mean like they can do yeah, that and get away yeah. with it yeah Get your Xbox exclusives and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not that I play Call of Duty, but still, the you know the point stands. It affects a lot of people yeah, yeah. because it's a, a lot of people play a lot Call of, people of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah, man, it's all about Fortnite now. I think the kids play Fortnite, mate. Is Fortnite still hot and new and fresh? Ah, yeah, it is. Nearly twenty twenty four. Mate, people still play Minecraft, you know. Oh yeah, I know people still play it, but Minecraft is a timeless classic game, JP. Yeah, it's timeless. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about stuff that's happening this year it's not all bad obviously we also knew that earlier in the year perry Coriel, um twitch streamer shook the world with beating elden ring with mind control is she a jedi i wish she is. <laughs> is she a jedi survivor <laughs> i'm sure a lot of player ones would probably have seen that video and it's really really cool so perry has a master's degree in psychology and after beating elden ring um she actually said that the technology itself is actually pretty simple <laughs> let's let's judge it for ourselves how simple it is right please tell me more about this i want to hear about this yeah so this is how she explained it i'm using an eeg electroencephalogram which is a brain imaging device to monitor my brain activity live on screen. It works by picking up electrical activity from my brain on the sensor pads on my head, made conductive with saline solution. I then train it to recognize certain states and binded it to my attack key. Does that sound simple? It sounds pretty complicated. It sounds really cool. And for some reason, I immediately thought about VR. Imagine playing VR this way. Oh, just with mind control? Yo. That'd be pretty awesome. That would feel really real. Yeah. yeah. Can can she turn us into Jedis? I mean, she's more of like an Iron Woman than like a Jedi, I guess. Like, she sounds pretty tech technologically Con advanced yeah. here. Yeah. Controlling yeah. your computers with, with your brain. That's pretty cool. Yo. It is, that is amazing. really, really cool. And can you imagine this is for like accessibility reason? Um, yes. It's, it's a yeah. game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. 100%. But I think... They, they are being used, though, actually, for a lot of accessibility. The technology is being used. It sounds basically. like she took some um, kind of tech, you know, that was not specifically made for gaming, but she adapted it to use it for gaming. But I, I don't know how to, yeah. I'd like to delve more into that, actually, because to be fair, it is not an entirely new technology. Um, you can find it on the Journal of Neuroengineering and Rehabilitation, there was a journal released in 2012, actually, called Gaming Control Using a Wearable and Wireless EEG-Based Brain-Computer Interface Device with Novel Drive Foam-Based Sensors. Take it as you will. Anyway, if you want to have 
a good read. Um, if you're interested in this, I will link this journal in the description if this is your cup of tea, basically. Yeah, that's so... I can't believe it's been out for so long as well. Yes. I thought this would have been, like, super new up there yeah. gaming. Can you telepathically airdrop it to me? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'm that smart, but I cannot. <laughs> but, we'll copy-paste you a link later, JP. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, yeah, do it the old school way yeah. I'll, I'll copy paste it to you <laughs> but anyway perry didn't actually stop there in september she she explored the first person shooter journey with this technology so she played hello and Valorant um after beating elden ring and the technology that she used is actually quite different for first person shooter um the firing a gun system use the same brainwave-powered button press, but the movement is dictated by gyro controls and the EEG device itself, while the aiming is handled by eye-tracking software. Ah, wow. Cool, cool. Yeah. And in Halo Infinite clip, Perry manages to score a couple of long-range kills and even a double kill. So, this person actually play games better than I do so using mind control. She was mind controlling and still owning noobs. That's crazy. I mean, the mind control is all like, you know, nice and stuff. But I mean, <laughs> she beat Elden Ring. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Couldn't do that the best of times. I don't yeah. think I could do that with a regular control. I know. Exactly. So even us doing it like normally is not going to be doing it as good as she does with mind control yeah. which is impressive that's so cool yeah and perry did admit that her halo kill death ratio is not that great because she's on 0.25 at the moment but you know what let's just call it this is really impressive you know what like it it could just yeah yeah but where do you draw a line like what is what is skill and where is it like your your tech that you're using because like yeah i'm sorry my kill death ratio and like counter-strike back in the day was like i got like one kill in for every like 50 times someone's killed me or something <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> you know what i mean and i just can't wait for what is it that she's going to do in the yeah. next year um Really exciting news. And go on, Perry. Real um, uplifting. Great stuff. Oh, yeah, she's going to control us all, I think, probably. I, I don't mind that. <laughs> I like how your first thought, JP, is, oh, maybe I shouldn't watch her Twitch in case she mind controls me through the screen. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, this is a really cool accessibility feature going forward. This is going to bring more people into gaming, no, which is what we like. This, this is very impressive, all jokes aside. This is massively impressive. We've had a quite a few um, accessibility things as well this year, to be fair, haven't we? On the on the same subjects, um, yeah. Like PlayStation released their yeah Project Leonard. Project Leonard. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And if player one out there are questioning what is that, listen to our accessibility episode because we did talk about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth segue, like a Very quick nice plug there. Plugging yes. in your own podcast while on the podcast. That's we we, we, like. we have around 10 of episodes right now. If you want to listen to them as well, here's a list of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's been happening in 2023. One of them is the birth of Gaming History Club, actually. Oh, that's a really great point. Oh. The biggest news of the year. That should have been right up top. Your podcast. Yeah. The biggest news in 2023. There was something, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about I bring the mood down Yeah. and talk about an award for the greatest delay 
in gaming history, I think, that we've had this year. Ooh. A really exciting time with the Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game. Yeah, and kills the joy in the room as well, apparently. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this, so, Brad. So, in case anyone's not heard, which I'm sure you have, this game has been getting continually delayed now. So it was first announced in 2020 and was supposed to come out last year, was delayed twice to this year, and then has been since delayed again to next year. And it's brought me a lot of joy this year, hearing about this game, constantly getting delayed. Yeah, me too. I mean, I keep looking at it and I'm not really interested, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> Why do they keep delaying it? What When wasn't the formula for the game at first a little bit more microtransaction-y, I want to say? So, yeah, it, it was going to be like a live service looter shooter. Yeah. But they hadn't really like announced that ahead of time. So we got like a bunch of released screenshots that had been leaked and everyone saw the pages for your, you know, your live service game. Yep. And so they rushed a trailer through. Yeah. And it got so hated. Yeah, I think people the funny thing is people did actually backlash regarding that live service stuff. And then they took took it down, didn't they? Like they basically changed their mind and yeah. actually show a different trailer, if I'm they, not mistaken. Right? They did, yes. They brought a new trailer out, which was supposed to be talking about how like story focused the game was. Yeah, right. Okay. But also said they hadn't changed the gameplay in any capacity. So mm. it's definitely still the same game. But they just wanted to highlight that it has a story as well, guys. Don't worry. Well, You'll be getting your loot boxes and your loot crates and shooting noobs, but... Oh, boy, that's... There always, is a story. This so. is what I've always wanted from a video game. Loot boxes, oh, you I know? Oh, I love a loot box. Yeah, why, why bother, <laughs> like, gambling money if you can just, like, gamble loot boxes? Well, they're, like, it? fully illegal in a load of places now as well, yeah? It is, it is. <laughs> they're fully illegal. As they should be. I as think they it's should be. The, the Netherlands, you have to get, like, a workaround because they're not allowed to do them. Right. So they're still in the game, but you have to pay... I think, to see what's in the loot box and then you can claim the loot box technically for free to oh, get around wow. the laws. Yeah. Okay, interesting, yeah. I think the EU put something through as well because yeah. they want they to did. specifically make sure that kids cannot you do that. Use them. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense because the, that that kind of psychological thing will get you hooked on, like, gambling, isn't it? Oh, like, 100%, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all going to become little poker players later on in life, aren't well, they? Sorry, yeah. Poker's great, first off. I mean, poker's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, kids playing poker's not great. No. <laughs> kids getting addicted to gambling at like eight years old. Yeah. Probably not a good thing. So after brothers brought us down with the Suicide Squad Sorry. news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring us even more down. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> with the biggest video game crash of the year. None other than the day before. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yes, what a journey it has been. So after being rumored that it was coming, not coming, is a fake game, they managed to finally launch their early access in December 7th, so not that long ago. That was a surprise to me that they even released. Technically, yeah. the launch got cancelled because Steam like kicked them off of the Steam store now, haven't they? So oh, well, I, didn't, I didn't know that's, that's what the happened. News. So basically what happened is, after released in December 7th, they decided to cease development and shut its door only four days after the game was released into public. 
Dum, dum, dum. What a record. I know. So let's go back a little bit, right? Let's talk about what happened with the day before. So when the trailer first dropped in 2021, obviously the game got everyone hyped up. Who doesn't want a gritty open world survival MMO concept? It's looking pretty cool, the trailer. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, it looks real, but, you know, it's still a cool it's trailer. A cool look, yeah. Yeah. It's set in post-pandemic US. I mean, who doesn't want to explore in, like, abandoned New York City? I feel like that's actually a really cool concept. They even made it to most wishlisted game on Steam once. And this game was originally scheduled for June 2022 release, but then they delayed it. Another delay. A classic. Yeah. Classic, yes. Because they wanted to shift it to Unreal Engine 5 at that time. Or so they say. Or so they say. <laughs> <laughs> and then a new The Day Before gameplay trailer was expected to land in January 2023, but the game's Steam page was actually delisted instead. So that was pretty confusing. And then later we found out that actually that happened because of copyright claim against the game from a private individual that they had the same name. So somewhere out there, there was a calendar app already released and copyrighted called The Day Before. A calendar app called The Day Before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't a game or anything. It's just that someone already owned the name. Yeah, but can we just talk about a calendar called the day before? Doesn't the calendar help you figure things out in advance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good point. <laughs> but yes, apparently because of this calendar app, they were forced to announce the delay on January 25th earlier this year. And the studio said that at the time of the announcement, the day before game trademark was available. And in the months since announcement, a private individual filled out an application before us to register the game trademark the day before in the US. Hmm. My theory is that, like, it is a scam, but they made a bare-bones game to convince, like, the stakeholders that they it is yeah. going to become so a game. So they couldn't be, like, done for fraud. Like, look, we did release a game. Yeah. Something came out and you could buy it. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I expect it's something similar. That's very true. Because, you know what? I'm, I'm suspecting the same, basically. Because the studio claimed that we will actually see the game on November 10th, 2023, at that point, um, earlier, in, in, earlier in January. Then another minor delay until it finally landed on Steam on December 7th, basically, that it's out. Um, and it released to mainly negative reviews straight away. A lot of bugs, empty maps, server issue, you name it. And just a few days later, they lost 75% of their players and then shut their door, pulled from sale, and Fantastic Studio just announced closure of the studio, saying the game failed financially. And wow. that game took fans more than two years to wait and four days to disappear. So... <laughs> So next, I would like to give out a Gaming History Club award, the award for the most ridiculous statement made by someone in the video game industry. And that award goes to the chairman and CEO of Take-Two. Take-Two being the holding company for Rockstar and 2K Games, obviously. Uh, also, the guys who make GTA, right? Uh, this chairman and CEO is called Strauss Zelnick, who stated that games should be priced by the hour. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, mic drop moment, That's Owen Wilson. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Strelzelnik stated that games should be priced by the hour, but um, they've done some damage control take too, and they've gotten a hold of like, you know, various people that put this out in the open and um, they basically said that like he was misquoted and I'll explain a little bit more. So um, Strauss-Zelnick had a earnings call for quarter two with a Goldman Sachs analyst. And this analyst asked Zelnick for his views on subscription pricing in the broader entertainment market and that Zelnick did not infer games should be paid by the hour. Right, so let me read out this quote real quick. In terms of pricing for any entertainment property, basically the algorithm is the value of the expected entertainment usage, which is to say that the per hour value times the number of expected hours, plus the terminal value that's perceived by the customer in ownership if the title is owned or subscribed to, and you'll see that that bears out in every kind of entertainment vehicle. By that standard, our frontline prices are still very, very low because we offer many hours of engagement the value of the engagement is very high. So I think the industry as a whole offers a terrific price-to-value opportunity for consumers. Is, that, wow. is this corporate speech, if you've ever heard it that's, or not? So that's way too much maths for a quote. And this one I'm saying, this is like damage control for real. Like maybe he got misquoted, I guess. Like, oh, I don't really care. But it just comes to show like how out of touch these people are with like us normal consumers yeah. they're talking about like you know high value for money but like what are they comparing it to what they're comparing it to like a 12 dollar blu-ray for example like and that's two hours value and they're comparing that to oh 70 dollars you get gta 5 and that's like 100 plus hours yeah because that's nonsense it, it, it is and i think that gta is a good example because you have the online and people are buying their their shark cards and stuff as well yeah. so really for a lot of games nowadays it's not just that first payment i just bought phantom liberty dlc which yeah. is an extra like 20 quid towards to keep playing the game so that was the most ridiculous statement that, that the award goes to mr zelnick even though he may have been misquoted and I'll accept that he may have been misquoted. Yeah, that's true. When I first wrote about that, I'm thinking, what do you expect? Like, people to actually play games? Like, we know we're spending hours and hours to play games. But to be honest with you, the production value is not always going up yeah, and I with think people playing as well, you know? I, it's... I think you'd probably play different as well. Like, if I was actually being charged per hour... I'd be blasting through them games. I would not be spending a hundred hours in a game. That's if a I very had to good pay point. Per hour. That's a very good point. Yeah. The the how do you squeeze the less you juice? Yeah. Right. So this is this is a common argument for pirated video games as well, where the video game industry will tell you, oh, well, if everyone who downloaded this game legally would have bought it, yeah, that means we've lost out on like you know this many million dollars. But they're assuming that if they didn't purchase it illegally, they would have definitely bought it at full price, which they may not have done. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. I think the reason why a lot of people play pirated games, not that I would condone it, of course, but it's because it's available. Yeah. I think most of the time people will do it. Like how we used to play demos for yeah. older games. Just to give it a try. Let me see what it's about. Am I going to like it? And then if you did really enjoy it, 
you might then go and purchase it. Yes, yeah. because that's test play, isn't it? Yeah. It's not always available at the moment. Isn't so. this perhaps like a massive reason that we've all grown up playing loads of video games because we could just about afford it and get so many hours of like entertainment out of it? You milk those games. Yeah, right. If yeah. if it costs too much, I wouldn't be able to access it and I wouldn't have bothered at the end of the day. So yeah, make make the games $150. No one's going to start shelling out that much money for them. Yeah. No way. Yeah. We all love a good speedrun, don't we? Oh, yes. yes. We love watching GDQ every year. Yeah. Yes. There was a real cool speedrun this year, Baldur's Gate 3. In addition to the usual speedruns, the any percents and such, they had a sex percent speedrun, which was how fast can you have sex in the game? Wow. And the world record is currently, from the 18th of September, 3 minutes and 31 seconds. That is amazing. It's on speedrunning.com. It's an official speedrunning record. That is a hilarious category. That is... What a category. Funny, yes. It's incredible. I could not believe it when I read about this. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. No. But I will do later on this afternoon, probably. Okay. Well, tell us how that works. But there are quite a few. There's a lot of people who've been trying to get this record. There was a lot of names on that board. So congratulations to the speedrunning community for... Just doing the best. Who got the record? Um, I did not get that information. Mm. <laughs> so my apologies to the world record holder. I didn't uh, didn't get your name. Um, and then I thought something else that might be fun to note, which I think we spoke about earlier in the year, was the AI smart NPCs. Just because I thought it'd be fun to bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, just for anyone listening, Replica Studios released i've never heard of them before either i see jp looking at me giving me a quizzical look who (laughs) they released a demo for an npc trial where you could using your microphone speak in game it would convert it speech to text and then you had a chatbot who would reply as the npcs okay so you could just chat to the npcs in game now is it fake maybe I don't know. I thought it'd be a cool thing to be in future games. Like, imagine if in, you know, Skyrim or the next Elder Scrolls, you could just strike up a random conversation that's not based on the options you've picked. Yeah, that's true. Just a fun extra good use. Good use of AI, because AI can be used for all kinds of, like, nonsense, like, eye roll moments. But, like, that is a good use of AI. It's a fun little extra bit. Yeah, I love that. So I thought that was a cool, cool little thing that maybe we'll start to see. In a few years down the line, we'll have cool AI NPCs. So we can talk about like the, the worst games, maybe, some of the worst games of the year. I would love to hear about some of the worst games of the year. So we've got Forspoken from right at the beginning of the year, oh. which a lot of people really did not like. No, I was also looking forward to that game. Well, we spoke about it just before it came out, because yes, I was going to get it. we did. I was going to get it too. I'm, I'm lucky that I saw a you know, video reviewing it beforehand. But it looked very sparse. It was just a very like, empty world. Yeah, dead. Yeah, but the combat system still looks pretty cool, although a little bit confusing at first, I heard. Yeah, there's interesting stuff for it. Like, it does look quite cool when people are doing good, like, combo moves or whatever. Yeah, and the traversal, oh. right? Yes. Mm. Yeah, you're proper sprinting around. But the world itself is just quite empty. And 
I think people what, didn't really like it. What makes me not wanting to play that game is actually the conversation. Seems to be really bad dialogue. Yes. So <laughs> that think, really put me off. I think in some ways, like I, I would say that's like maybe one of the biggest disappointments because it didn't give you any hints that it might be a bad game. It looked really. like it was going to be really cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, true. Like with the day before, like everyone kind of saw it coming. Yeah, for spoken. I think it fooled a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of people were very excited, and then it came out and. It wasn't until right up until it came out as well that people started to get like their negative reviews through. Um, we've got Gollum uh. from May, if you remember that. Oh, uh, yes. I don't think I'll ever be able to like get that out of my head anymore. His now. face. The image that of his face. Game. Yeah. So creepy. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I was maybe low-key rooting for it a little bit <laughs> as like the underdog. Yes. And yeah, um, yeah it turns out there's like a you reason. Say, you hoped it'd be good. Yeah. And then wasn't. it came out and it was not. Um, and then we have one that, honestly, I didn't even realise had come out until about a month afterwards, which is Skull Island Rise of Kong. <laughs> so we... I didn't even know that was coming. We did see this one on um, on the YouTubes, and uh, yeah, not impressed. It, it's crazy, that game. It, it's It's shocking very... that it was from 2023. I know. <laughs> it's shocking. I feel like it was so funny when it came out. Um that all of a sudden everyone's just like forgetting about Gollum and everyone talking about how bad Skull Island is. Yeah. <laughs> I think they must have just given the rights to a studio and had no input. And this is what this is what came out of it. That game looked like straight out of PlayStation 2. It, it did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looked like in 2023 someone's gone, let me just make a new PS2 game. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit sad. I'm not going to try and push the hardware. I want it to look like a PS2 game as well. So I'm curious, actually. Player One, tell us, what do you think has been one of the worst games that has come out, actually, this year? I think one of the biggest news for this year is undoubtedly the GTA 6 trailer, isn't it? Oh, Ooh, yes, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, we love Grand Theft Auto. I'm so excited. What are, what are everyone's first thoughts? Uh, because the only thing I said about the trailer is, um, yeah, it looks incredibly dense like it's packed of npcs and objects and artifacts i guess the other thing i kind of noticed there's there seems to be a lot of focus on like the the social media reels type of thing going on yes yeah which is what i noticed straight away was oh this looks like exactly how the internet has told me florida is yeah that's true. You've got like crocodiles walking into shops and stuff. You got that guy with like the the Joker tattoos on his face. Yeah, the Florida Joker. Yeah, yes. and he's yeah. he's suing Rockstar because they used his likeness. They took his life in his own words. Yeah. Yes. Well, there are quite a few. Like if you've seen the like, there's compilation videos and stuff where they put the trailer next to real world footage, and there's quite a lot where they've clearly taken real clips and then put them into the game. They have a history with this. Lindsay Lohan tried to sue them uh, for GTA V. That, yeah. that uh, cover art, which, by the way, I, I'm sorry, Lindsay looks nothing like <laughs> you. Calm down. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they'll have considered it. I think they've just gone, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah it's worth it to take true. the hit. Yeah. And let's not forget that GTA is like well known for putting out like controversial stuff as well. And, you know, GTA V had the, the, the torture part of the game. Yeah. They like leaning into the controversy to generate hype. So I'm sure this was intentional. Hype. Hype. 
unfortunately we have to wait still about two years yeah, so for long. this game to yeah. come <laughs> boy what a great game it will be i'm sure yeah i if was it's anything really like excited five, very yeah. excited um the rumor has been around for a while that it will be like two players one one female one male basically and i'm like will there will they be siblings will they be a couple and i was left hanging for so long waiting for that until finally it's got Shows answered in the trailer, yeah. in the trailer. <laughs> and i'm really happy that i got the answer at least but i'm really excited on how that um yeah two players mode I'm, going to i mean at least you know from the trailer because if you thought they might have been siblings right up until the game came out that would have been a big <laughs> shock <laughs> Yeah. Talking about the character switching, I think it's maybe going to be like uh, GTA V, but when you switch between characters, it's it's going to be more like when you're on a mission with them together, where it's like you're switching and they're probably really close by to each other. I expect maybe. potentially, yeah. Yeah, rather than, you know, it goes zoom out, go somewhere else, zooms back in, but maybe there will also be that a little bit. But because it's just two, I think they might be, it, it might be a little bit quicker, a bit more seamless, the switching. If yes, they're right near each other, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, Spider-Man 2 had the switching as well. Yeah. Which is also from this year. Um, and you could switch between, you know, both the Spider-Mens. Right, so some of our favourite games that came out, uh, or shall we say best games. So, I mean, we already spoke about Hogwarts Legacy, me, you and Gabby, for you, Brothers, it's going to be Phantom Liberty, which is uh, cheating. Favorite, which is cheating because it's DLC. Yeah. But uh, as a backup, yeah. I think uh, Spider-Man 2 is probably my next favorite of the year. Spider-Man 2. Which I loved. What a game. Not only speaking of favorites, though, I think 2023 has been quite full of good There's games, games. release. Yeah. yeah. I mean, AC Mirage, for example. Amazing. That Loved was that. great. Starfield, let's, you know. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears, Tears of, of the Kingdom. Kingdom. What a game. Alan Wake 2. Alan, Alan Wake 2. We did touch on that a little bit before. And Baldur's Gate 3, of course. Baldur's let's Gate not 3. forget about none that. None of us have played, which no. is kind it's of true. crazy. Because mm -hmm. it's definitely like, I'd love to play that game and I've just not gotten to it. Same. Yeah, yeah. So. Same. It looks, it looks really good. And, you know, props to them, actually, to be winning five awards i think yeah, during the game awards, the awards. Yeah. so you know it it must have been really good making me really can't wait to try to play it actually and alan wake as well actually alan wake 2 won about three awards in the game awards if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong but yeah i think they really deserve it and in the game awards they put up quite a show with a little bit of a dance show with singing show with mr door really interesting we i know you that. both actually haven't really watched i've actually the not game watched Wars. the game was at all no. yeah but you should really watch that because they did put on a really good show i'm a busy man i'm too busy playing video games to uh, watch youtube videos and awards about them every year you get like the community saying things like oh you know like this year was the best year in gaming or the worst year in gaming but um you could say objectively it might be the second best year in gaming ever if you listen to metacritic because this year was the second highest in terms of games that scored 90 or more on metacritic oh wow, wow. Yeah. okay oh Great. so really highly rated across the board yeah yeah amazing i think the other year was 2017 but i did i didn't look too much into it because i think it's very subjective of and course. uh yeah. 
I, I don't want to, but I, I thought it was an interesting little bit of trivia. Like, according to Metacritic, this is the second best year in gaming ever. And maybe a little bit of a comeback from the pandemic. I, I think yes. that's definitely how it feels going in. I think that once we got more towards like the end of last year and then through the whole of this year, that's when we've had a lot of these big games coming out that have all been really good. So, player one, yeah, we've been discussing about how 2023 has been. Please do tell us, what do you think? What game did you like to play in 2023? What are you looking forward to, actually, in 2024? Because there has been a lot of good announcement as well for more good games to come in 2024. So, please do tell us, reach out to us, and let us know, basically. Special shout out to our special guest brothers. Thank you for coming in. I've had such a good time. When am I coming back, huh? Next, next year. year. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to seeing you next year. Hopefully GTA 6 will be a lot closer at that point. That'll be really interesting, like all the extra tidbits that we hear about GTA oh, yeah. 6. By... We'll have loads of GTA 6 news. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming along, Brad. It was a pleasure to have you. And... It was nice to wrap up 2023. And as usual, new episodes of Gaming History Club are released every second Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and follow us on our social media. Say hi to us by visiting our website, gaminghistory.club. And let us know what topics you'd like to hear in the new year. Thank you for listening in Player One. See you back in a couple of weeks when we will be still very cold and frosty outside. So we're going to be staying at home and talking about the first video game home console. Have a nice Christmas. Have a nice new year. Take it easy and see you in 2024.